Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Well, hey, we're in week three talking about hospitality. And so really been talking about the last three weeks, talking about the values of the first century church which just so happened to be the same values as Redefined Church. We opened week one talking about Acts 2:42 through 47, an authentic fellowship, which is just, man, starts with honesty. And so honesty was what week one we talked about. Week two, we talked about unity. And we talked 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26. And that reminded us that we are one body with many parts. And really what 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 reminds us of is that you're not responsible for everyone in the body of Christ, but you are responsible to them. Last week, we also talked about what divides the church and why the church really exists. And we came up with this. Sundays exist for six things. They exist to reach people, to worship God, to share the gospel, to build relationships, to make disciples, and to celebrate life change. And so today we're jumping into that third value of hospitality. And you really kind of have to ask yourself, how far away have we gotten from hospitality as it you know pertains to today's world? And so... We're going to get to what the Bible defines it to be. But when you think hospitality, what do you think? The first thing that I thought of was Southern hospitality. I have a lot of great friends in the South. And man, it's so good to just be taken in and welcomed. And so I thought, man, I need to look that up. And so this phrase uh, using the American English uh, to describe a stereotype of residents in the Southern United States as a, as a particularly warm, sweet, and welcoming to visitors in their home or to the South in general. Southern hospitality was first mentioned in 1835 when a man commented on the willingness of a Southerner to provide for strangers. Our team said that hospitality to them meant entering a place and feeling like you belong with no requirements. And so I grew up with two brothers and, and, and two sisters. And so four people in our house, there was really no hospitality. You just kind of had to fend for yourself. And so um, my experience with hospitality, the best way is, is Southern hospitality is a guy named John Jones, who, man, uh, two, three, Five years ago, brings us into LSU, Alabama. He gets his tickets. He puts us up. He uh, takes care of our housing and our food. He puts shirts on our back. And all because uh, he liked us. And so um, what we want to dive in today, as great as as, as Southern hospitality is, is not Southern hospitality. We want to talk about how does hospitality fit where we live? And what's the Bible say? How and, and, And should it be the way that we live in general not just something we put on or a face that we put on when somebody comes to our house. And so the Apostle John defined hospitality the best. We see in Scripture that there's a biblical pattern of fellowship, support, and love surrounding the concept of hospitality. When someone in the first century church shared a meal or took someone into their home, they weren't just offering a helping hand, they were sharing their life. And that's what hospitality really is. It was very personal Think about that. It was very personal, right? And it displayed and affirmed that the apostles' teaching were real, that you could actually see people being who Jesus was. That's what hospitality is, right? And so after looking at the examples we see in Scripture, the letters from the apostle John and the implications for these examples, we can define biblical hospitality as the welcoming and fellowshipping with all people out of truth and love for Jesus Christ so that people may see Christ more clearly and will join us as believers, and will join us because of 
because of who we are, because of hospitality. And so again, the welcoming and fellowshipping with all people out of truth and love for Jesus Christ so that people may see Christ more clearly and will join us as believers. It's biblical hospitality. You see this in Romans 12, 13. This is the New Living Translation. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Which means to literally pursue the love of strangers. Man, Dusty, that don't feel very comfortable to me. And the reality is, is strangers' needs are different. And most of the time, they aren't visual. But we tend to think that they are. And so we kind of just determine what a stranger's needs are by the outward appearance. And, you know, we'll talk later about how God does not look at uh, your outside or your out- outward appearance, but he looks at your heart. And so it's the same thing we should be after too. And so that's what, that's what authentic fellowship is. That's what a real relationship is. And so you see in Hebrews 13 too, this is the Holman uh, Christian Standard Bible. It says, do not neglect to show hospitality for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without even knowing it. So it's not just hanging with your friends, right? Hospitality is more than just hanging out with your friends. That's easy. That's really not hospitality. That's, that's more along the lines of what we talked about in week one, which is just authentic fellowship. You've got to a place where you can let your guard down or, or you can take your mask off. And so let me tell you what hospitality isn't. Man, I, I work out over here at a gym uh, called LA Fitness, and um, it's real easy to get kind of... Uh, misunderstood when you're, when you're in a place that's, that's new to you, right? And so you come in and you say, hey man, how are you? And I either get looked at funny or I just get a shoulder turned to me. And, and to be honest with you, I never even knew what the cold shoulder was until uh, somebody actually turned and looked away from me and the light bulb went out and I was like, what? And so what, I, what I've figured out over the past, you know, two and a half years is um, if I'll ask a yes or no question more times than not, it gets me a lot farther. So, hey, you good? And, and that works, that tends to work pretty well where I can get a yes or a no or at least a head nod. Like, and so that's how I'm working to build relationships right now uh, at my gym. So uh, what happens uh, where we come from, though, if you say, are you good? That's poor. You're just walking right by and you're really... Um, what you're saying when you ask a yes or no question is, I don't have time for you. And we tend to stay pretty busy. And so uh, if I were to walk by, and I was guilty of this quite a bit, um, you know, several years back. And I'm so glad, I'm so thankful that, that God's kind of revealed, revealed this to me and helped me to see that there's more to, um, to who we are than what we do. And what we do doesn't define us. Who we are really uh, is, is, is who we should be, if that makes sense. So it's not about what you do, it's, it's who you are. And so um, I had to figure out that if I were going to ask somebody, how are you doing? I should really be willing to hang out for about 15 to 45 to an hour and a half if I need to. And, and really be willing to listen to somebody. Because if you ask somebody, hey, man, how are you? And what tends to happen is it's, real, it's, it's, it's very short. Good. You? Good. How's work? Good. You? Good. All right, man. And we move on. And... Uh, that's not hospitality. First Peter 4, 9 says, be hospitable to one another without complaining. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. The scripture builds on the instruction to practice hospitality and reminds us that our attitude is super important. Our attitude is super important. We are to practice hospitality without complaining. It's easy to be nice 
um, get shunned and immediately think, good grief, what's their problem, right? I won't share all my phrases with you, but most of them don't belong in church, right? It's real easy to get offended when somebody doesn't welcome your politeness or your hospitality. But in all reality, man, that's what, um, that's what Scripture's saying is, hey, man, be nice to everybody and do it without complaining. Do it without getting offended, right? First Peter 4.9 challenges us to check our heart and discern whether we're approaching people with a healthy attitude. I love how we're reminded in Hebrews 13.2 that our willingness to extend hospitality may have far-reaching implications. You never know who you're talking to. You never know who you're talking to. And so, man, just check your heart. Discern whether we're approaching people with a healthy attitude. If, you're, if your attitude's right, if your heart's right before, and it, it doesn't matter what somebody says, regardless, at least you're extending that warmth, right? And so when you think about Hebrews 13.2 and you, you're not knowing who you're talking to, if you want some homework today, you can write these down. Um, and again, you should always be taking notes because if God's going to say something to you today, you need to be writing it down. And, uh, and so here's what you can study this week. If you study the life of Abraham and Sarah, that's in Genesis 18, 1 and 3. Lot, in Genesis 19, 1 and 2. Gideon, in Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 24. And Manoah, in Judges chapter 13, verse 6 through 20. What you're going to learn about these, these people, these characters, is they were all hospitable to strangers. And these strangers were actually messengers from God. And why our motive should never be to give in order to receive, and none of us should treat anyone higher than another. We're not, you know, we don't, not a respecter of persons. When we treat everyone with the same honor and the same hospitality, God says he will show you great honor and hospitality in return. It's Luke 6.38. This is the Holman. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured back into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Luke 6.38 clearly states that the measuring cup that we use to dispense our gifts and talents will be the same one used to provide or fill our own. And so then how full is your cup? I believe this verse is the root to it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because really, when you give, you get so much more back, man. When uh, you know It's easy to relate this to Christmas or, or a birthday, man. When you give somebody something, it is just amazing to watch their reaction. And hospitality can go so far because really everybody, everybody every day is looking for some type of encouragement. We all need to be affirmed. And so in, uh, hospitality is a, great way, is a great way to do that. And so my question to you today is, what is the size of your measuring cup? What's the size of your measuring cup? If it's measured back to you in the same measure that you give, what size is your measuring cup? And in that, what are you expecting back? And do you, do you have an expectation? Our action step today is simple. It's to cultivate a heart of hospitality or to cultivate a hospitable heart. As we consider the scriptural passages that challenge us to practice hospitality, most of us can recall a time when we tried to extend hospitality and were met with rejection. And what tends to happen is you can use that rejection as a roadblock to prevent you from being hospitable for future occasions. Just remember, what you give is going to be given back to you. And so, 
14 months into uh, a transition uh, in our past, I was meeting with a friend in, um, in Charlotte. And this guy's name is uh, Larry Bry. He's an amazing, um, he's an amazing man of God. He's uh, probably one of my closer friends that's far away. We don't talk as much as we used to since we've been going here. But 14 months in, um, we were uh, down in Charlotte for just kind of a, a trip to renew. We went down for a church conference. And the first thing that Larry says to me is he says, hey, man, what happened to you? And... I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you just don't seem like you. You like, don't have the energy that you had and you, you don't, there's, there's not that sparkle in your eye. And, and he said, uh, he said, man, he said, is, is that place changing you? And I said, man, I said, I, I thought, you know, I had been asked or challenged in that way. And, and so I thought, and I thought, man, yeah, you know, I'm, I've stopped talking to people. I'm a highly relational guy. I don't meet a stranger. I'll talk to anybody. I'll talk to anybody anywhere except the bathroom. I don't, you know, I don't really uh, like talking to people in the bathroom. But other than that, um, I'm, I'm going to say hey to everybody. And he says, I, I can tell that your, that your demeanor's changed. And he said, man, if, uh, if you lose that, you lose you. And it wasn't like a deep conversation, but it really was. It's like, man, if, if God's called us here, he's called us here because of who we are. And so if we lose who we are, we kind of waste it. We kind of waste it. So if we're to cultivate a heart of biblical hospitality, we must refuse to rely on our achievements or dwell on our failures. And what had happened to me was I had failed so many times in trying to be hospitable and trying to be nice that it started to shut me down. And I remember those times feeling just like, goodness, man. And the reality was it's, it has nothing to do with me and just everything to do with the law of hospitality and the measure that you give it's going to be given back to you, but it's going to take time, right? And so then what I had to do and what we all have to do is lay aside our past rejections, our past grudges. We must seek to grab a bigger cup, right? Because when rejection happens or, you know, somebody frustrates you or you name it, right? It's happened to all of us. It's really easy to put that cup up, put that cup in the dishwasher and grab a smaller cup and say, like, man, well, it's just not working out here. And so... um, I just want to challenge you to grab a bigger cup, grab a bigger cup. And so now some of the guys at LA Fitness that I tried to talk to that used to just look the other way or glare right through me, I started asking those, you know, yes or no questions to them. And uh, just two weeks ago, one of the guys I've been talking to for almost two years asked me if I would spot him on the bench press. And it's not my dream to spot people, but the fact that I went from being overlooked or glared through to uh, asking to be a part of what he was doing. It's huge. And I've been welcomed in. And now we actually talk and, uh, and I've helped him in, in what he's doing. So it's really, really cool. Giving biblical hospitality. Here's what we need to know. Giving biblical hospitality is not easy, but it's worth it. It begins with developing the proper measuring strategies. And so here are a few ways we get started. And just think, this is kingdom perspective, right? We're all thinking larger, bigger scale, being salt and light, hospitality, right? Which is just another way of saying love and encouragement. And so here's a few of the ways to get started with biblical hospitality. These are action steps we're all good at doing. And so take a look at this. You have uh, desserts and meals, which is, is one thing that my wife is really good at. Heather loves to cook for people. You can make a list of people who would love to, to or need to be encouraged. Every, again, everybody wants that. So 
The first thing was desserts and meals you can do. The second thing, make a list of people who would love to or need to be encouraged. The next thing you can do is make a plan to invite a guest out or to invite a guest over to your house, uh, depending on how you feel about people at your house and how insane you get on cleaning your house before people come over. You know, uh, we used to be like that. Now say, listen, man, we have three kids and uh, priorities change when you have more than, more than one kid, right? And so you can invite somebody over after church. You can invite somebody out after church. You can invite somebody to church, right? We all have steps that we can take. And it's just being able to take the initiative, right? And then as always, man, you can always pray that God will help you demonstrate his character to others. And so we all have those people. That was my prayer when I was at LA Fitness. Was, man, God, just let these people see my heart. I, I know, you know, my name is Dusty. And so <laughs> Dusty's not a common name around here. And so people automatically know I'm not from here just by my name, which either it, in some parts of town, it helps me. In other parts of town, it, it is not good for me. And so, but either way, man, Lord, just, I pray that these people would see my heart. Help me to demonstrate your character. Lord, this is, this is up to you, right? And so there's a purpose to nurture a heart of, and an attitude for biblical hospitality that sincerely communicates, come back soon. That's what we're after. When we walk away from people, we want them to know, man, I can't wait till they come back. I can't wait till I see him or her again, right? We all must purpose to nurture a heart and an attitude for biblical hospitality that sincerely communicates, come back soon. Here's how it plays out. The key point of biblical hospitality is the emphasis on displaying Christ to people wherever we meet them. This is extremely important to grasp, particularly in today's culture, where the outward appearance of stability and success is desired more than walking side by side with somebody. And so when you think of, well, you want to know, you know, what year is that car? Or, ooh, where'd you get that dress? It's great. But man, more importantly, to get deeper and to actually practice hospitality, you want to walk side by side with somebody. And in order to do that, um, that takes time, right? And so what do we do about this? What do we do about this? Before your anxiety kicks in, or you just remember 1 John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and his commandments are not meant to weigh us down. So hospitality should not be heavy to you. Being nice shouldn't be heavy. And I know that seems very simple, but I think this value has been <laughs> overlooked and in some cultures, in some, in some parts, forgotten. And so do not let this weigh you down. And so the definition of biblical hospitality is not specific in the way that it plays out in your life, but what it must entail. Biblical hospitality is not always a well-groomed home presented with flowers and candles. It could be. It very well could be. But it's not always that. But it is a character trait that should characterize every believer in Christ. This is what it means to live as an example. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. It is being an example in word, deed, purity, faith, and charity, and everything you do, just show people who I am or who Jesus is. That may take the shape of coffee at a local coffee shop that might look like shoveling your neighbor's driveway, right? Uh, it could be dinner with a couple that may be in the exact same stage of life that you are. It could be texting somebody uh, who you're reminded of that day. It's like, oh, man, I haven't thought of them for in, in months. Text them. If you think about them, text them. The one thing we do when that happens is we think about it like, ah, I haven't talked to him in months. Nah, don't worry about it. There's a reason they're on your heart and they're probably going through something and you've probably been through it before. And so that reminder to text or call 
is, is, a, is a prod, you know, from God to say, hey, this guy needs you. And so just be willing to respond to those, to those little bitty things like that, right? Could be taking your, your neighbor a plate of cookies or somebody who just had a baby, uh, take them a dinner. Could be simply just inviting somebody out for pizza to get out of the house, you know? Whatever form it takes, make Christ the center of it and allow who he is to flow through you. This is the love of God. Make Christ the center and allow it, and allow it to be who he is that flows through you and people will experience biblical hospitality. Excuse me. And so we have four values here at Redefined Church. Our value of hospitality is the anchor for the other three because love covers all. And hospitality is that. Hopefully you feel it every Sunday when you walk in here. You should from, uh, <laughs> from whatever door you come in to, especially on the outside of our buildings, being welcomed in. Man, you, we want you to feel like not only are you uh, allowed, but you're accepted, you're welcomed here, and you're wanted here. And you're wanted here because we want to help you grow spiritually. And so here's how we define uh, biblical hospitality based on today's message. And this is the value that we've kind of merged together. Genuine hospitality creates an environment where people feel welcomed and accepted. It welcomes people on their terms and is a continuous outpouring of love and generosity that reminds everyone that they belong. You can find this in 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9 and 1 John 4, 16. And we put these two scriptures together and it says this, consistently be hospitable to one another because love covers all and breaks through everything. And all who live in love live in God and he lives in them. And I'll close with this. This is a cornerstone scripture of our church. It's Matthew um, 25 and it's 37 through 40. It says this, it always starts with one. It always starts with one. You can always pick one person out. And so you've heard me tell the story about uh, finding a, <laughs> uh, a grumpy or an upset cashier or checker at the store. And it's that. It's finding somebody who needs it. And so Matthew 25, 37 through 40 says, whatever you do for a stranger, for the hungry, the thirsty, the needy, whatever you do for the least of these people, you do for God. When you give to those who can't pay you back, you gain the biggest reward and will be celebrated in eternity. So this scripture confirms that it's not always about money. It's time. It's encouragement. It's friendliness. It's authenticity. It's cooking. It's welcoming. It's inviting. It's bringing. It's loving. And what you need to know is when you welcome someone, you send this message. You matter to me. And you matter to God. When you welcome someone, when you're hospitable to someone, you let them know that you matter to me and you matter to God. And so, do you know someone who needs that? Do you know someone who needs to know that? That they're loved. What you can take from this is, is this, and, and I stole this, so it's not an original, but a lot of times your hospitality is somebody's hospital. It's exactly what they need. It's exactly what they need. It's good medicine. It's good medicine, especially with today's pace.
Your hospitality can be their hospital. And so who do you know that needs to know that they matter to you and that they matter to God? Hospitality is always good medicine. Sometimes it might take longer to work. Sometimes the dose needs to be adjusted. But I think we can all grab a bigger measuring cup and be more consistent with how we show people around us hospitality. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word, for your message today. Um, I thank you for this value, Lord, that you put in the, in the people of the first church. Lord, I just ask you to help us all uh, convey this. Lord, help us to uh, take this to heart. Help us to be rooted in us, Lord, where we can show people uh, who you are by simply being hospitable to one another, to the people you put on our path, especially, Lord, those, those strangers, the people who might drive us nuts, or the people at work, or the people we might see um, in the grocery store or at our favorite restaurant. Lord, maybe it's that waitress that just needs, to, um, needs an extra push. You know, Maybe she just needs a word of encouragement. Maybe uh, the service that we get um, at that moment might not be great, Lord, but let us be the people who show who you are through loving, and through our hospitality. We're super thankful for it. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, Lord. I just ask you to take this word and plant it in our hearts. Help us to use it in our everyday life, Father, so more people can get to know you. And we are going to give you glory for that. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefined.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.